The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. This is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Believe it or not, it is the 8th of October, 2018. Um, And I've been saying this. I've been getting a lot of good feedback, and I mean this when I say it. Um, This is a massage for your cranium. And I said, if you don't know what cranium means, go look it up, but I'll give you a little hint. It's the greatest massage for your subconscious mind. So stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner, I am a champion, and I am unstoppable. And why? Because if you've been following me, you know all the things I'm doing subconsciously right now. I am changing every single thing that I want to change. And I am building from the inside out. And when you do that, you will bring in the energies, the people, the things you want in life to you. They will miraculously come to you. And if you don't think that's true, I challenge you on any of that. But it's like anything. It's going to be a lot of banging your head against the wall. You're going to be up and down and all around. But I'm telling you right now. If you want to go after your goals, if you are a true leader, that's what we talk about now, the research I'm doing on the bald eagle, the greatest animal in the sky, same way the lion, the greatest animal on earth. If you want to have leadership qualities like these two, I'm telling you right now, you need to go after what you want to go after and succeed with it. But it's just not going to happen overnight. It's not something that you're going to snap your fingers and it's right there. You're going to bleed a lot. But if you got the guts, I challenge you to do it. Because I'm telling you right here, you know, you go out and look at all these great people selling products about how to get ahead, do this, do that. You're getting a free product here. You're getting to come with me right now on five years of this voyage. And I'm not holding back anything. I can't tell you all the things that are going on with the business, but you're getting an opportunity here to learn. A lot of these people selling products have not lived the life that a lot of us live. They sell products and make their money. So that's something you need to think about. Go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is our premier product. Um, there's 14 modules there that will change your life. You want to talk about thinking and accelerating your strength and health? That's it right there. Also, too, we talk about Prosperity Consciousness page. That is investment in FBC and M&M. There's a $25, $50, and $100 investment. It goes right to my PayPal account, and it goes right into the business. And if you want to contribute, go with friends and family with that, because other than that, they take a fee out, and there's no point in giving them anything, in my opinion. So that's something you need to think about, and you get free things with all three contributions through me. So... And then go out to motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Today, I'm going to bring both of these people in shortly. Um, We have Kelly Manzone and we have Paul Firepower Gray coming in. This is the first time we have done a three-way call. And go out and just look at the shows that we have done. There is almost a 1,000 shows. We've been up four years, the end of September this year. I couldn't be happier, and I'm very lucky to have family here that stay, that want to keep coming in here, all the new people that are coming in here, and we are just growing every which way. It's very, very exciting stuff, and this is why I implore people to go after your dreams. I mean that wholeheartedly. Also, too, uh, sign up for a free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. Um, it goes right out to my MailChimp account, and you know when I put out content, you get content here. So that would go to your inbox, bang, 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 you're all set. Also, too, another big investment. Come on in and advertise with MotivationMuscle.com. 
um, we can go out and make some money for one another. I'd like to do that for the next 30 years with everyone. Um, you can contact me. I have my cell phone number on there. I will do very minimal email. We discuss things like that. And you live in the Albany, New York area, I will come and meet you personally because that's a sign of respect, and that's the way I do things. So you can contact me there, and let's get started. Also, too, last but not least, our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And with that, I am going to introduce both Paul and Kelly. Let me give you a little information on both. I'm going to bring Paul up first. Uh, let's see. He is the head trainer at Firepower Gym, a mobility trainer, and an accomplished martial artist with over 30 years training in various styles. Now, let me get out of here and get back into this. And Kelly, who's been last, I'm looking here. The last time Kelly was on here was July 24th, 2017. So it's been over a year. Um, Kelly is a personal trainer. She's a kettlebell instructor and a vintage strength coach. Kelly, is there anything that, uh, well, we'll talk about if we need to update your resume here, but is there anything you need to add to that while I'm here? Uh, no, just a lifetime mover and groover and continuing to grow with various modalities. So I started adding, like, Persian meals. Okay. Um, and uh, I would say that my, my mace training journey has continued to uh, evolve into now doing uh, workshops okay. and stuff. So, yeah, okay. awesome. all that good stuff. All right. So, Paul and Kelly, welcome back to Motivation Muscle. It's always an honor. And today... We're going to talk about something that is very prevalent out in the world, and it's going to be called mentally contaminated. Um, I'll start, Paul, I'll start off with you. Um, yes. Mentally contaminated, how, how do you interpret those two words? There's so many ways we could go with this one, and um, I think with with I, I hate to use this term with people these yep. days because it's kind of um, a little bit derogatory making out that everybody is inferior or everybody is contaminated. But we all know that marketing does its job and um, marketing is designed to sell people a way of thinking more than anything else. Um, but just bringing it back to what I do for a living and in the fitness industry, the, the my big bugbear at, at the minute is how people have been mentally brainwashed and contaminated to, you know, the, the so-called six-figure industry. Yep. And people have been sold a lie, especially trainers, um, that you can be a six-figure kind of guru living on a yacht trainer um, very quickly and very easily. And, I mean, would you say building your business has been quick and easy? No, sir. No. I don't think so. And um, I think the, the the contamination is in with with trainers especially. And don't get me wrong, this filters down to their clients, and that's the ultimate kind of point I want to get to. But um, with trainers, as soon as they realise that the amount of work and the amount of effort it's going to take to get to this six figure thing may not be you know three months worth. I think the contamination, the uh, the um, discontent, the even depression. I've seen I've seen some trainers, you know, open up their gym and everything is full on for kind of six months, and then they, they burn out within six months. They yep. just they they're being lied to, and you know the contamination kicks in. I'm not sure if this is the way you wanted to go with with. Um, the conversation, but it's a thing that popped into my head when you told me the, the subject matter. No. Is that the being lied to and and the the contamination kicks in when they figure out the lie? Does that make a lot that no, sense it, it, Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I've got met – this is why I'm glad the two of you are on because this is why we got varied opinions. But when, at the end, you're going to see it all tied night, nicely into a nice bow. Um, Kelly, hit it. Okay, so mentally contaminated to me. I mean, I definitely agree with what Paul is saying, and and I see where he's coming from, and I completely understand because Paul and I have many of our own conversations about stuff like this. 
between us. But, you know, when I think about it now in the context of just the current moment and environment that we're living in and culture, you know, I, I think right now there seems to be um, an oversaturation within the industry, within the uh, culture of education along that trickles down into the trainers that then trickled out, tr- trickles down into the businesses. It seems to be so um, just uh, overly saturated. There seems to be a lot of ego um, and a lot of sort of like, um, oh, God, what is the word that I'm looking for? It seems elitism in a way. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a lot of sort of now because of the power of media using such things as Instagram, Facebook, podcast, webinars, and so on. It seems to be bringing some people together, but pitting some people against one another. Yeah. So, you know, if you take like these small communities, like vintage strength communities, you know, like there seems to be such animosity sometimes between people who are educators rather than accepting the fact that there's other educators out there. There's not just one person who is able to teach that tool. Mm -hmm. And so I think it kind of contaminates the energy between who the possible students are and who the people who are out there educating is. And I think Paul would agree with me on, on some of that also, because we are intertwined with some of that in our culture between Paul and I. And I just find that, um, it's kind of unnecessary, you know, like you can't, I, like I had somebody have an issue with my age recently and (laughs) my experience. And I was like, listen, I cannot help the year that I was born. Nobody could help the year that they were born, (laughs) but I've been in the industry for 16 years Uh and, you know, I have fantastic mentors like Paul Walowinski and, you know, like I can't help that I'm female and I can't help that I'm 39 years old, you know, like, and and so this culture of, well, I've been in the industry longer and I've, I started teaching in the eighties and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we have to accept the fact that there's a, the, the purpose we get into teaching is to train others so that they then take it, interpret it, and they go and teach so that the evolution continues and the knowledge continues to evolve and grow and spread. So I think like there needs to be an acceptance in certain atmospheres in the industry that there's a newer generation that is coming in and everybody begins and starts somewhere. But there seems to be this contamination of animosity for certain training tools because now um, people are now being challenged by, I guess you could say, um, you know, uh, some competition in a way. Well, and we know competition is healthy. Uh, there's no doubt about it. When, when it when it's put in the right context, like anything. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, mentally contaminated to me, you we can we can tie both of what both of you said into exactly what I'm going to talk about. But it's going to go. It's going to veer off the road like I always do. When I when look, I'm talking. When I'm talking, you made a great point, Kelly. Was this? America right now, and it's all over the world, but I'm going to concentrate right now where you and I are. And, Paul, mm-hmm. don't take it. It's not a slap on you, but you you know how I am. Um, yeah, but it's, it's worldwide, and you and I have talked about this. This never-ending 24-7 media and the way people are so tied to these devices – is really causing such chaotic views everywhere. And people that never would have thought of things that were constantly bombarded with are now just like, it's like, get off your medication or maybe you need, you know, it's all that mentality all the time that they're repeating this, that, and the other thing. And and it drives me insane. But the thing with contamination with me is this. I've been hammering leadership since the day we came on the air here. And I don't believe the world, you want to look at school, everything, um, teaches you independence, teaches you, uh, how come they're all saying to you, like, well, get a good job? How come nobody's ever saying in school to the kids, go out and start your own business? All right? Right. This is designed to keep you 
in the workforce, in the world, in a way where it does not develop leaders. It develops followers. Like I said yesterday, I did a show yesterday, Kelly. I was telling Paul about it. Um, A lot of people really are asking me more and more to do solo shows. Because I can do a show in like 20 to 25 minutes and I can really drop the hammer on the anvil pretty hard no matter how I want to go with it. And I've been studying quite a bit lately among many things about the eagle and the lion and the power. Uh And I talked to a gentleman named Frank Civitone yesterday who's from Boston. So like where you are in Connecticut, we're all kind of intertwined. We can all travel to these places. And Frank has been in Guinness World Book of Records, and um, I think he's got the record for the one-handed deadlift with an Olympic bar of 528 pounds. He's an incredible – he's probably, I bet, maybe in his early 70s. An unbelievable, incredible human being. And I mainly met him through Stevie Shanks, and they just did the big gathering of the Denny Stones in August – in Scotland, and Frank was there, and he spent time with Stevie and, and all this. It, it's it's a great thing. I could go on for hours with you guys with this, but I want to condense it and bring it all in. So I spoke to him for quite a while. Now, my father was originally from Boston, and he never lost that accent, and everybody always likes to say, pock the car. But when I talked to Frank yesterday, I swear to God, I thought I was talking to my father. It was spooky the way it was. And... It, it really inspired me in a lot of ways, and I did a show called uh, The Eagle and the Lion, and a lot of it was about Frank, because Frank has had some very serious health problems that he's gone through it. And just the idea that to speak to somebody like that, that stood out, that stood out from day one, even when he was a teenager, that has had such success in and out of the gym. And this is when I talk about this contamination. It's like, this is why I love motivation and muscle and the people that come on it. We're out putting things out to people that are saying, look, you can do it. Look, this is the way you want to start looking at things. Or go out and read these authors. Read four books a month. Listen to to good podcasts or information that's going to promote these things in with you. So then when you're around people that are trying to put you down, tear you down, tell you you can't do it, you know what you do? You either dissolve them out of your life or you just politely walk away. Because, as I said to Paul, if I'm concentrating on people that don't show up for a show or just give me the big runaround, I don't care anymore. Because here's my attitude. One person is not going to make or break motivation and muscle. It's Eric who's going to do that. All right. So that's what leadership and belief is me all about. Paul, it's yours. Comment on anything, brother. Uh, Just a kind of a little point on what you said and what Kelly said. It's something sprung into my mind. It's a conversation I had the other day. Um, I call it Roddenberryism, and I don't know if that's actually a thing. But Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek, I'm a big fan of had a, an ideology that, you know, race and kind of sexism, racism, none of that existed in the future. Right. And, you know, to get into the, the Starfleet Academy, um, you had to be the best of the best. You had to really yep. apply yourself because pretty much most people didn't need to work in the future. The people that wanted to work would go and basically have to be the very, very best to get any kind of work because you don't need to work. And just thinking about, you know, how our future's going in this world where more and more jobs in the next 50 years are not going to be there because more things are becoming automated, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, the, the, there's going to be less jobs for people to the point where there's going to be so many people with nothing to do. What's the point of telling kids to go out and get a job? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, as you said, they should be telling those kids to either go out and start a business right. or go out and do what they, what you love and find a way to monetize what you love. Um, and 
if we get to a point where we're kind of heading towards Roddenberry's future, and in this country, I don't know if they're doing the same in the US, but they're starting to talk about the idea of giving everybody a certain amount of money to live on. Okay. Um, I haven't heard that yet here. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, what, what the, I, don't get me wrong, this might never happen, but the, you know, they're starting to talk about it's kind of a... I can't remember what they call it, a a, a unitary money contribution or something like that. But you just imagine this concept that we're going towards a point where there's just not enough jobs in the world for people. So what do people do? They they can't, if they can't earn money, but there's more money there for people because big industry are not paying as much because all the jobs are automated, all the jobs are computerized. So... They're talking about giving everybody £500, which is not enough to live on for a whole month, mm-hmm. but that's the figure that they've said they think people can live on. Now, if you work, you get your £500 plus whatever you earn. If you don't work, you get your £500 and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to me, in some ways, this reminds me of kind of like Gene Roddenberry's future and that if if we give everybody actually enough to live on, but then told everybody, okay, start your own business or create something you love and you can make money by contributing that to other people. So whatever you put out there for people to access, you could write books, you could paint pictures, you could take beautiful photographs, but you do you could create pottery, but you do something and people can see it, people can access it, people can go and look and get pleasure and joy from what you're creating or learn something. And you make a little bit of money from that on top of what you you get. If the world went more that way and we encouraged more kids to have that kind of mentality instead of just looking, you know, I need a yacht, I right. need to be an Instagram superstar and have a yacht if they had no i need to create this because i love creating it and put it out there for the world to enjoy you know which to me is is the ultimate success and they they didn't have to be financially dependent on this you know what i mean if the the money equation wasn't there then i think this would solve what kelly was talking about as well because the only reason trainers are hating on other trainers is because they think it affects their money. Yeah. And that's, that's top and bottom of it. It's like, oh, if that guy likes the way I do this better than the way they do this, then I'm going to, they're going to be my client. I'm going to make the money. But if they like the way that guy does it better than me, they're going to get the money. There's, so there's... If we took money out of it. Right. And just did what we did and gave it to the world for people to enjoy. You know, it would solve both problems at once, right? But you know, maybe um, well, maybe I'm wishing too much for the world. No, no, but Kelly, I'll go right to you momentarily. But here's the thing: you're kind of playing with a double-edged sword there, though, too, because you don't know with that type of influence, are all these people going to come out and want to create? That's a big thing, right there. We don't know. We hope they do, and they want to become even more self-sufficient. But the thing is, what I see, especially in a free enterprise world, in a in a in a you know in the market world, is this: I've always been a big believer the market's going to dictate who lasts and who who thrives. And then Kelly made the point, so did you, where we see these trainers are at each other and all that. Well, I understand it, and I understand Kelly's point where she doesn't need to be insulted by people. None of us want that, but. You know what? The majority of those people that are out insulting are not going to be around, in my opinion. Kelly will be around till the day she doesn't want to do it. That's the difference in the quality, all right? And I understand that total stuff because I've had people say things to me where if I could have seen them physically, I would have killed them. I'm not kidding you, all right? I don't like – look, I got thick skin. I, I, I'll take the criticism if it's warranted. I'm not going to sit there and let you beat the snot out of me in front of anybody. That's not going to ever happen. All right? So 
And I, and I got to follow. I want Kelly to take it, and I'm going to follow up with a question for both of you because I think it's super pertinent to what we all face. Even though the three of us, uh, well, I do different things. You guys are more similar in nature with what you do in the business. But Kelly, take it away, please. Oh, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, con- constructive criticism or critiquing. Yep. It could be quite like a, a powerful tool. Uh, when used correctly. But with what Paul was referencing, I think we're just in a culture right now, uh, especially in America, where yeah. something uh, to that extent, it's not even, I couldn't imagine that happening <laughs> in, right, this, right. in the States right now. It's sort of very much dog eat dog or um, dog eat woman yep. <laughs> in a way yep. right now. Yep. Uh, and so it, it's, we're living in some extremely interesting times and in where, you know, we're on, at least in America, and I don't know what it's like over in the UK, but I feel like we're constantly on overload and constantly on a heightened, uh, um, awareness. And I think in the culture that we're in right now, there's been this trickle down effect where there's just ridiculous amount of animosity and uh, divisiveness that is kind of carrying over from the top down to the bottom. And I think it's transcending into each occupation, each sort of like demographic. And, and, and it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I think within our industry, there's definitely going to be some sort of shift over the next few years. There's, um, I feel like the, the conventional slash unconventional worlds are colliding quite a bit. And I think, um, I don't know, it's just interesting. I can't quite put it into words, but we're in interesting times. No, I, I agree with you. And I'm telling you right now, my opinion from what I'm seeing from the outside looking in and being in the mix is this. We're going to return back to more of a basic style of training. And this is the next question I'm going to ask both of you. And I hope you will want to develop this quite a bit. Um, And I'm going to put everything together in a physical culture. That's what I call it. Everything you do, I do, everybody does. Because one thing I can't stand, and I think what's really hurt the industry, is all these little niches we got to have for everybody. All right? Um, I've got no problem with you putting out what you do and being proud of it and whatever it is you need to show the world. But I'm telling you right now, you're never going to be able to get things all together. And that's one of the things I've wanted to do with this show is bring more groups together in here where, all right, you can be different. But let's face it, at the end of the day, it's all about health. And I mean, I look, I lift gigantic stones and everything else. But the bottom line is, if I don't have my health, I'm not lifting crap. All right? It's the same way what you guys do. If your health is poor, you're not performing, whether it's kettlebell, martial arts, maces, whatever it is. We know that. So here's the question. Physical culture. Paul, this is it. Here's question one, and we'll go right to Kelly with the next, uh, with the same question when you're done. How much, when you understand what physical culture is, and I'll just spell it out how I see it, mind, body, spirit's going to be the easiest way without getting into anything too deep, and we can do that too. How important is the understanding of that and the practice of that in your life to how you act in the gym, out in the real world, what your thoughts are, how you control your tongue, and obviously giving back to people? Take it away. Uh, it's it's so ingrained in me. It just feels normal. Um, it's very difficult for me to answer that question because it's been ingrained for so long. I expect everybody else to think and feel the same as I do. Yep. And it's kind of alien to me when they don't, when they don't see their health as being a priority, when they, they don't see any worth in... Um, polishing the spirit and forging the body, as it were, um, and and training their mentality. To me, it's just the normal. It, it, I mean, the, the guy that invented Aikido many, many years ago, you know, had this whole ethos that Budo is, you yep. know, forging the body like iron to create a sword with enough spirit to be able to be wielded, you know, and it, it, they they were connected intrinsically 
And that's just the way that I see the world. And I don't know whether that's because just the way my mind works or whether I've been in martial arts and physical culture so long that I'm, it's, it, you cut me in half and it's like the rings of a tree, you know? So to me, it's um, integrity, honor, the way I think about training every single day. And, and training's not just killing myself right not just beating myself not just exercise it's it's everything it's you know can i go and do the shopping today more efficiently than i did it last time you know to me it's an art form everything everything is there to be improved upon and it it saddens me but i find it very difficult when people just don't think like that when people have no spatial awareness no idea of um, the world in which they're living in, no consideration for other people. It just, you know, that's what physical culture is to me. Physical culture is mental, like you said, spiritual, emotional, especially emotional, and physical. They're all integrated into one or should be practice that happens at the same time, all the time, anywhere you are, not just in the gym. No, but remember this, Paul and Kelly, because mm. you made reference, and I'll go right to you. You're, you. You planted seeds many, many moons ago, and you've cultivated these seeds. See, this is why this show is going to go down big time that we're doing here today, because to be great, however you define your greatness, your success, your leadership, your belief, it's those seeds that you plant between the six inches of your ears, which is your subconscious mind. And when you cultivate it for all the time you have, Paul, and I think I think genetically, DNA, I think a lot of us come through with it. We don't know it. Things happen in our lives which end up bringing it out eventually, and then we go with it. But the, the thing I want to answer here today is this. These seeds need to be brought up, brought out. And the only way that's going to happen, I'm telling you right now, is through people like you, Kelly, myself, and any of the family on the show. And I know there's people outside here, but that's my point. Kelly, take it away, please. Well, I think in in our situation here in the States right now, and and I think with Paul also, you know, uh, physical culture to me is definitely the mind, body, spirit, and the attachment to the history, the tools, the reasons why the mind, body experience and how, you know, um, skill set, skill based, you know, uh, physical culture right now, especially in the area that I live in, in Fairfield County is very much like big pharma to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's big business. It's watered down. um, It's sort of like pop on the hamster wheel. And I see the the bonus, the plus side is obviously it's getting people moving, but um, a lot of people are sort of unaware and they're missing that mind-body-spirit connection. And it's just sort of this rushed, overscheduled, expectation-filled, you know, like here, you know, um, it's sort of like people want to kind of move without connecting to their movement. So they go to F45 or Orange Theory and they pop on their little monitor and they watch their screen and they're chasing a number and they're caught up on their heart rate or caught up on the calories, but they're not connecting to their, their why, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it, behind it. And so uh, because I work in an area that is so filled with that type of movement culture, I find that I, people always think that I'm kind of batty for swinging all these objects around or, you know, bringing Kashi Asad from Australia and Paul Walwinski here and, and bringing art of functional movement here and stuff like that is because I need that physical culture to nourish me yeah. to keep me level headed so I could keep doing what I do. And so it's like it's riding that fine line for me, you know, is I work in mainstream fitness, but I use a lot of the other tools and my mentality is a little bit different. And I bring some of that and I try to find like a happy medium between the two. And, and Paul knows me so well, we're both 
very similar in our our mindset and our approach for movement. It, it's fabulous having a friend like Paul where I could we vent to one another and we share I, our ideas with one another because it sort of nurtures our soul so that we could keep going out there and giving our clients what, you know, experience that, that they need and that they're looking for. But it's just interesting being surrounded by, especially where I live, this physical culture of like, there's so much, um, there's so many franchises and so many corporate facilities. It's like, it's like big pharma with fitness yeah, now. Yeah. And, you know, I think, a lot of the passion of the why, the mind, body, spirit, and the actual sense of real culture and what it means is being lost. It's being watered down in, in many ways. But the, on again, on the plus side, it's getting people to move and connect with others. But so, but it's just an interesting, it's interesting because it wasn't like this 10, 15 years ago. It seems to be quite, you know, accelerating towards this, um, you know, more orange theories, more F45s, more soul cycles, where people just kind of get on that hamster wheel. Well, let me tell you this. They can all do it, but with people like Paul and yourself and myself and so many others, we're going to win in the end. I guarantee you, because sooner or later, it's going to get out there everywhere, just like Eminem. And people are going to be scratching their heads saying, um, where have these people been for the last 10 years of my life? And I'm telling you right now, truth always wins over fiction. And if we are truly believers and leaders in these fields, we win. I don't care how much money these places got. I don't care what's popular at the time. How many things have we seen that were popular that are all faded away? How many people have we seen whether it's on social media or we see him on video or whatever, and it's like a year later, you're like, uh, where did they go? They left, man. They are in the junk heap on the side of the road, believe me. And I'll tell you another thing with physical culture. This is coming from me. I'm very extreme, obviously, but here's the great thing about me. You come and train here with me. I can take anything I do and knock it down to the smallest level to get you started. There aren't many sports, and I don't even call this sports, physical culture. There aren't many things that you can do to accomplish this with anybody. And I'll tell you, physical culture has been everything to me. Obviously, everyone knows the story about my brother Jimmy and the Hulk. They are still the major influences we always. But I'll tell you what. To be really good, you got to train alone for a while. You got to go out when it's 25 below and bars are sticking to your throat. You got to go out and lift stones when the snow's coming down so damn hard it's up to the middle of your shins and you're trying to grip a steel stone and you can't even hold it because your flannel shirt is loaded with ice. All right? Now, I know people are going to say to me, well, I don't want to do that. I'm telling you, though, the mindset, the mentality, the physical culture, and the ability to thrive and teach and show the world what we got. This is the problem. You said it, Kelly. Watered down. There's no watered down here at my uh, FBC Steel and Stone Yard. You're going to get treated with respect and fairly. My biggest peeve is you better be on time with me five minutes early at least. If you're late, you're out. I don't want to hear the negative talk. I don't care what happened in the news today. When we're here, we're here to build you into something exceptional. That, to me, is physical culture. That, to me, is when you get knocked on your behind so many times, you don't even feel it anymore. All right? You go into life with that mentality. Leader, you win. Paul, it's yours, brother. I was just thinking there when you were talking about, you know, that it's it's very difficult for you to convince some person that doesn't understand yep. the, the benefit of physical culture to go out yep. in the cold, in the snow and do that. But if I flip that kind of argument, can you imagine never having the opportunity to do that again? I know. Can you imagine I, I what die, your life Paul. would be like? Yeah, I'd die. would be missing. Yep. Yeah. And the same with Kelly. Um, just imagine if if you could never swing a mace again. You could never, you know, um, 
use a meal. You, you, you could never do that. Can you imagine what a basket case me or you would be in 10 minutes if we, if we couldn't do what we do with physical culture? And that's the thing that I find alien with people. They, they're walking around probably feeling as bad as we know we would feel mm-hmm. if it was mm-hmm. taken away from our life. And they live like that. And that, that's a horrible thought. Because I, I would be destroyed if I couldn't move, if I couldn't train, if I couldn't lift and twist and turn with a kettlebell and all of those things that just afterwards, there's such a sense of satisfaction and calm and, you know, just, you know what I'm talking about, just that I, feeling you get afterwards, you know. Can you imagine if that was gone? People are living like this all the time. Why I do you completely think- agree. Uh, no, I just completely agree with Paul, and it makes me. That's why, like you know, when I when I talk to Paul and stuff, I I, I want people, and and I as I'm evolving and getting older in this industry, and I was telling somebody recently, you know, I want people to now try to like explore skill sets, right? Yeah. Like swinging Indian clubs, like learning the kettlebell, stuff that you can't. You have to go through the process of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep. And you, it, it doesn't happen overnight and it's an evolution and it's a journey and it's a skill set and your mind gets uncomfortable and frustrated. Your body gets uncomfortable and frustrated. That's what people need right now. Other than just getting on the hamster wheel, they need to connect their, their feel how the bell, the kettlebell becomes an extension of their body. They need to just, once you have that and you start to see the skill set and the progress and you're, you're focusing on that rather than just a number or, you know, like I've got to get my 10,000 steps in today, your, your physical culture, you start to become a, it, 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 it you become it. Yeah. And, and, it, and then you become happy and then you become, you see the value in it. That's why the industry is just this ever evolving, like billion dollar business of pushing these products because people fall for that over and over again but these skill sets and these training modalities that have been around forever stand the test of time yep you're right i mean look at people like pioneers like paul bragg jack lalane look at any of the people like that that lived well into their 90s okay and still were functional to almost the very end the point of the matter is this as I said, I do believe that physical culture is going to go back to a much simpler, stronger, more efficient time. Why do you think – this is my opinion. I mean, they love to prescribe quickly because you talk big pharma. How, you know, Paul hit it. It's like think about if we lost the ability to do this stuff. Hey, look, I lived with Jimmy for many years into his teenage years. I know what it's like to – I don't know it physically – I watched him, you know, disintegrate, mm. right? I know what that is. I've lived it with him. And I'm telling you right now, that's why I think so many people are on drugs, uh, w- whether it's recreational, prescribed, or both, because they're walking around in a quandary all the time wondering, who am I? What do I want to do? Why can't I even walk up three stairs anymore? Well, it's very obvious why you can't, all right? Um, Why am I 45 years old now and have a belly like I am in a pregnancy, okay? Well, there's a lot of things to look at. Why am I feeling depressed? Why do I, like, get very emotional very easy? I mean, things of that nature, Mm -hmm. which you're going through these changes and you're not addressing them, and it's very simple. Start moving. Start mobility again. Start doing the things that you haven't maybe done since college or high school. How about just like this? There's a study I read. Do you know after 18 to 19 years old, most people never pick up a book again? Think about how tragic that is. Think about your – Yeah. You're you're not thinking anymore. You're not analyzing anything more. You're not dreaming anything more. And and I'll get notes from people, Paul and Kelly, and they'll be like, you know – what are you doing? I mean, it's like you're you're exploring this, you're going after that, you're changing your mind. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm becoming what I want to be. I'm becoming the guy that got dropped out of the clouds, and this is what your mission is in life. Because all three of us here 
were put here for a reason. Don't let anybody kid you. You weren't put here just to breathe air. You were put here for a reason to do something. And the thing you've got to do right now is you've got to ask those important what-ifs. And you've got to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And if you're doing what you like to do, I'm very happy for you. But I would say probably 99.8 people out there probably are not doing what they want to do. All right? So the 2% that are very happy and are creators and business owners or whatever they're doing, it's a great thing. Paul, take it away, brother. You know, one little point you said there about people, you know, they're, they're wondering why at 45 they're out of breath on stairs and they've got yep. a belly and things yep. like that. You know, the sad fact of the matter is most of them don't even wonder why. Ugh. They actually believe it's normal yeah. and inevitable to get to 45 and, you know, they're done. They, they don't even know that it doesn't have to be that way. And that kills me. That 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 actually, I, I feel helpless. You know, I, I've got my message to the world. I'm trying to put it out there. And the fact that I know some people, that message, even if they hear it, will go, nope, I can't do mm-hmm. that now or whatever. And that's you know, what. And that, and that- that's- that's hard for me. That's no, for me. no, I understand, and that's why I don't mean to interrupt, but that's why I call the show mentally contaminated because you're contaminated when you can't even realize that your health is a threat right now, and you can't even put it together mentally to interpret what you and Kelly and myself are saying. Go ahead, Kelly. It's all yours. I liked how you said about, you know, kind of like mobilizing again. And I think that is something that is vital. And I've talked about this before about like recycling old skills that you used to do from childhood and how important it is to kind of tackle them again with new eyes as an adult. And I think that's one way that, so take, for example, somebody that used to play basketball as a kid and now they're that 45 year old, right? Yeah. Like go and meet up with a buddy and just get on the damn court. Just try. It's going to suck. It's going to be uncomfortable. But like you're going to kind of tap into that same sensation that you had as a kid in a way. And if you tap into it and you're open to it, it might turn the corner of saying like, okay, like this is actually like possible. It doesn't need like what people I think get caught up on and all of us in the industry notice it. It's almost like the people that say, I need to, you know, I want to train with you, but I've got to get fit first before we start working out together. Yeah. Like it makes no sense, Nope. you know, or it, or it has to be in this time frame of like, well, I need to do it Monday, Tuesday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday from nine to 10. And that's, that's it. It's just gotta be that like they are automatically close the door in their own face immediately. But like when you start to just mobilize your brain first, then you can mobilize your body. And then if you start finding joy in recycling some old skill sets that you used to enjoy when you were younger, then these other possibilities become more attainable. And you have to have an open mind and you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. I I totally agree. And something you said that I think really would strike a chord when you're talking the basketball, you know, think about maybe 20 years ago when you were doing things like this. But, you know, one of the greatest things you can do is take a journey through your past. And not Mm -hmm. everything, obviously, has been great for everybody, but go out and just think about it, and you'll start seeing things that meant things to you, like relationships or maybe somebody you worked with or a sport you're really good with. When you start taking walks through your subconscious mind like that, the possibilities are endless with what you can become and how much happier you can become. Because let's face it, if you're not working right mentally, nothing else is going right. I don't care what anybody tells you. You know, we can all get out there and get physical, and that brings a lot of the mental stuff up to the surface. But you have to have yourself in mental accord to do to be successful. I mean, I've got a million things I want to do in, in 19, and they're all huge things. They're all travel-based, everything, okay? And if I'm not plugged in mentally, I'm not doing any of it. Just to get ready to train for these things is just such a huge thing to take on. But we live in a world now that is very quick, um, and it's all, you know, a lot of this stuff is just invented in my opinion. But, you know, 
I like things that are kind of slow, uh, painful in a lot of ways, um, things that are going to make you think, things that are going to make you create, things that are going to make you twist and turn and figure it out. That's the meaning of everything to me. And, you know, you always will see, you know, whatever you read. Oh, this one was is such a success, and look what they've done, and blah, blah, blah. And they'll give you uh, the Z out of the alphabet. And most of the time, they'll never tell you the pain that they went through in between the alphabet and how many times they were disappointed, how many times they wanted to quit. But they never gave in and gave up because they built an ironclad belief in themselves and they would not relent. And that, to me, is the only way you're going to crush mental contamination. That's it. Paul, take it away. Yeah, um, one thing I've started to do for me, a little challenge for me, because you just reminded me when you said some people after 19 don't read a book, which that's hideous. We'll not even go into that. But I'm going to challenge myself with um, um, you know how a lot of places have the top 100 books of all time. You know, yep. Amazon has its own list. Um, there's, there's, there's many, many lists of the top 100 books. And uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is always either number one, two or three. doesn't matter which list you read. Yep. But I've gone and actually looked through about 20 different lists and I've cherry picked well over 100 books as well as you know, 50 to 60 books that I've kind of picked out that I want to read. And I'm actually going to make Paul's definitive top 100. That's awesome. And it might be, yeah, you know, why the hell not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. What, what am I going to learn from these books? And what if I read a book that is number three on the top 100, but I think it just sucks? Yep. Well, it ain't going into Paul's 100 because I can think for my bloody self. And I want to make my top 100 and, and it might take me 300 books to find my top 100 and i'm going to do it for the sheer hell of doing it and to keep my brain stimulated and so that i can think and i'm reading steinbeck right now you know yep. and it, it's absolutely beautiful I'm, I'm revisiting um steinbeck's travels with charlie yep. his book the 50th anniversary edition and you know reading about how steinbeck at that time, we were seeing a big change in America, and he was he was thinking about America being, you know, in the 1930s, and he was having this real kind of hard time with how America was changing. But to me, reading this book now, that was written in 1962, his version of America is obviously very nostalgic to me. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, cool. It's 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 lovely to read. You know, so I think. You know, the f- sad fact that, yeah, people are so contaminated they can't even read a book after 19 is just, that's, that's got awful to me. That's horrible. Yeah, but you know what, Paul? I'll tell you, and Kelly, I'll go right to you. Here's the thing that the three of us have the ability to do. We have a chance, especially with the books you're talking about. Our influence can be major to the world. Yeah, I, And I mean that wholeheartedly. Books, when people respect what you say, when they admire what you do, they're going to listen to you. So if Paul's top 300 books come out, you have that type of following. You've got influence, man. That's power. That's real power. And I'm glad I I commend you for that. I mean, if, if you can get people reading again, my God, you know what you've done for the world right there. Go ahead, Kelly. Comment, please. I love that Paul mentioned, you know, about doing his own 100. You know, I think it's really important for us to sometimes take a moment, take a step back. And, you know, um, like I, I've been kind of like journaling, you know, so it's it's something that you're nurturing for yourself and you are educating yourself and it and it challenges you. I think oftentimes, you know, we're not doing that as much as we used to. I think everybody's sort of sitting there and Netflixing, you know, clicking and watching a bunch of shows or or YouTube videos and sort of, you know, not engaging their their mind as much as they used to. And I think that's a part of the contamination is sort of what you were saying before about, like, mobilizing yourself mentally first. You know, and I think we kind of need, it's almost like we need a start over button. <laughs> you know, no, like... uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, look, 
The only way, you know, you, I, and Paul can do everything and put everything out we want to, but let's face it, the bottom line is to make a change, you have to want to change. And people, a lot of people don't want to hear those things. There's a lot of things now we just brush to the side, and there's nothing like building the confidence and, as I talked about, leadership and the will. But the biggest thing I believe, first and foremost, is belief. A lot mm-hmm. of people say, well, you know, do you believe in God? Yeah, I do. That, that's my, But that's what I believe in. You don't have to do that. But you and I and Paul both know as business owners, if you don't have a deep-seated belief in yourself, you fail. All right? Because you've heard me talk about it for years. I've lost lots of friends and lots of family due to these businesses. And the major thing I hear all the time is, Well, if you're growing at the rate you are and you've got this out and you're doing this, that, and the other thing, why aren't you making right now a hundred grand a year minimum? And I said, have you ever seen anybody other than that had real backing with money behind them make a hundred grand a year? Well, they're speechless. So I said, no more. All right. Because you're coming from a whole different place. They don't understand, you know, to them, nine to five is it benefits retirement at 55. Well, I'm going to work till I'm dead. Because I'm that type of person. I love work. And I work smarter and smarter every day. These are the things I am conveying to everybody. All right? It's not impossible to do this. And you're not going to have a lot probably for a while as you build and nurture those seeds Paul was talking about previously. But let me tell you something. When I put my head down at night after I write down in my journal my gratitude for the day, I sleep like a baby, all right? I'm not up all night. I'm not worrying about anything because you know what? There's not much more than an act of God killing me that's going to hurt me at this point. And when you go through life thinking like that and you share those things and you succeed, whether you want to make $10 million or $10, guess what? You hit your mark. And to me, that's what it's all about. Uh, Paul, summarize everything. Give out any information you want. Then we'll go to Kelly, and we'll go to me, and we'll wind up today's show, if you would, please. Yes. Uh, well, yep, mental con- contamination. I think we kind of hit it from a lot of angles there. And um, one of the big takeaways for me is, like you said, you don't have to be what everybody else says you have to be. People do have that choice. Um, And I think all any kid needs now is a role model and a leader to let them know that, that you don't have to go out and get a job. Nothing wrong with it. If that's what you want to do and that's what's going to fulfill you, great. But as long as you've got a role model and leader that tells you you can be whatever you want to be, and at any given point, you can change your mind and be something else or something better. And that's up to you. And I think the contamination of that message is the biggest problem in the world today for me. We should be we should be helping others up from the get-go, not bringing them down and pigeonholing them and telling them exactly where they've got to fit. Because a square peg ain't going to fit into a round hole. And yep. if it does, it ain't going to be happy, to put it that way. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to finish off with that. And thank you for having me. I'm going to be out in the States with Kelly this weekend, teaching in Connecticut. Um, I'll be heading up to, let's get this right, Elmira to do some some work with Matt Burberry and hang out with him for a couple of days. And if... I can. I want to get across and see you in Albany, Eric. That'd be great. Maybe maybe for a, a day or so, and then I head out to L.A., so I'm going to have a, a great time. That's uh, awesome. Boots on the ground in the U.S. with you guys. So that's me. I'm you, doing. Do, you do some great things, Paul, and, and your heart's always in the right place, and uh, this is what we got to do. We've got to attack from every angle, and as Kelly said, you know, we've got all the glamorized stuff out there and what's current and do this and do that. My opinion is, and I'll always be of this belief, is we've got it. They can keep inventing, and they might have more money to get it out there. But in the end, man, truth and authenticity wins. Kelly, give out any information, uh, summarize everything, take your time, then I'll take over and we'll sign off, please. 
Okay, uh, just to kind of elaborate on Paul's point, it's sort of like, you know, you have to kind of take a leap of faith sometimes. And if something resonates with you, you know, go and explore it. Don't, you know, don't feel like you have to hold yourself back. I think oftentimes um, people say, yeah, it'd be great to start tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I drive by that place all the time. Just take a leap of faith and, and, and do it. And then also, you know, take a leap of faith in beginning to kind of mobilize your mind to mobilize your body. You start communicating with, you know, others around you, you know, find resources. And I think what you're doing with the podcast and what you're doing with gearing it towards kids is really important. Uh, the next generation certainly needs, needs some guidance and leadership, um, especially during these times. Uh, like you said, super looking forward to hanging out with Paul this weekend. You know, we're going to be uh, co-teaching a really intimate workshop. And um, that's one of the things that I wanted to do with workshops that I'm coming up with is, you know, instead of it being always about the, um, you know, the movement itself, it's also about connecting with people. So that's why we do a Q&A after and we just kind of hang out and the attendees can express what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and ask their questions. I think oftentimes as educators, sometimes um, what I've found with mainstream education is they just teach and yep. then not listen to the people that are attending. So with these workshops that I'm doing, I, I want them to be really interactive so that people that attend have a voice and they get to kind of share what they're you know, what they're inquiring about rather than just coming and then walking away. Yeah. It's um, being told and not participating isn't going to help anybody out. And, you know, um, that I think with a lot of people, that's where they make their error. Because the idea is to get people motivated and bring them in, whether they are going to stay for one month or the rest of their life. You know, it, it speaks volumes. So is there anything else, Kelly? Uh, oh, sure. Uh, well, you could always find me on Facebook and uh, on Instagram, KelsBells88. And okay. uh, I've got a lot of things coming up in the new year, which I'll be sharing on uh, those those pages. Okay, very good. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. As I said, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is the premier product. Also, to invest in the companies. Um, you can go out to our Prosperity Conscious page on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Um, anything you give goes right to the PayPal account, and it's reinvested right in the business. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com. This show potentially might be up this afternoon, if not first thing in the morning, depending on what's going on. I've got lots of stuff this afternoon, big time. So we'll see. At least I'll get it written most likely today. Um, also, um, obviously, you want to go out motivationmuscle.com slash podcast slash category. Go out and look at the shows. I think I've done two with Kelly and I've done tons with Paul. There's plenty of material out there though. You know, when you got almost a thousand podcasts, I mean you can learn like crazy from all that. So go out and explore that. Tell your friends, spread them all over the place. Also too, um MailChimp, sign up for a free newsletter that goes right to my account and I will give you in your inbox, anything that I put out, tons of content. Also, too, another investment, invest in advertising here. Um, the rates are great. You'll get more than what I give as far as rate-wise. Um, my phone number's on there. Obviously, as I said in the beginning, I only speak to people. Uh, that's, um, in my opinion, the way to do business. If we got to do some short emails, okay. But then you're on the same page, and I think there's just too much miscommunication now all over the place. I don't like that, and it wastes too much time. You know, I'm a direct guy. You know, I, I, that's the way I am, and that's the way I'm always going to be. So take a peek at that. Come on in. Um, we'll work together for the next 30 years and make one another some money, and that's what it's all about. Also, too, um, our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Um uh, if so, well, we won't go that far. If there's a show you'd like, if you want the three of us on, or Paul or Kelly, 
or myself, go out to Fiorella Barbell at nightcap.r.com. Make a request. I'm sure it can be fi- uh, filled easily. Um, also, too, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We get five-star reviews. Please keep that up. We're now on Spotify, and we are on Google Podcast, among many other feeds. Those are the two newest. Um, let me think. Is there any- Oh. If you want to get us in your car 24-7, it's on AHA directory, pronounced AHA. Also, too, um, if someone seeks you out in the uh, gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words of uh, inspiration that can change your life forever. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. That might be all they get that day. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, pull it, press it, Squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And as a great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red domination, we are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. And as Russell Fur says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping through my speakers. It's more like a tidal wave, my brother, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever. He would walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. Say that on your best or worst day or just walk around and say that to yourself. You will smile from ear to ear. Also, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell 100 or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door in. We will blow the roof off your house. You need us. We need you. Stick around with us for the next 30 years. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And before I sign off with Kelly and Paul, I love reading this one little poem by the late, great Steve Jack out of, of Stones and Strength by him and the late Peter Martin. And as everyone knows, Steve was the reason. He was the guy that got me lifting stones watching him in Iceland in the early 90s. And it goes like this. This is about the inverse stone. Rest while you can. Enjoy each night you sleep in the mud. Cherish the blanket of highland grass that until now has kept you warm and safe. For in a couple of moons, I'll be calling. Steve Jack, think about that. If that's not a testament to life, I don't know what it is. Kelly, it's been an honor. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me again, Eric. You are welcome. Paul, you know it's always an honor to have you on, brother. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Raz. Um, lovely to connect with Kelly again. Thank we will. Thank you for being with us. And thanks, Eric. You are welcome, sir, anytime. Um, before we sign off, remember this. You're all winners, champions, unstoppable. And if anybody's telling you different, goodbye. That's the way to do it. Go out and forge the trail. Be a lion. Be an eagle. Um, So for Kelly Manzone and Paul Gray, this is Eric Fiorello. As I said, this show might be up today, if not tomorrow morning. Have a great week. And remember, life is asking something from you. It's not the other way around. Go out and seek and destroy. Thanks, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.